Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use toward dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms of conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager Kansas only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two here of Sports Daily. Our thanks to Brian Haney for joining us in hour number one, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. We talked a lot about Wichita State. We'll continue that conversation here, Tommy, because I I think it's what's on most people's minds now. You know, we mentioned BetMGM, which was a really – uh, great experience betting that game last night for our betters out there. So the line opened at 17 and a half. So if you got it at 17 and a half, Houston goes up 18 late. And all of a sudden, um, you, you get into this situation where Wichita State's got a possession. You're like, oh, it's going to come down to this. They get to the free throw line and they hit the cover. Uh, the over, which we also really liked, paid. We got nervous because we didn't know Jake Walton wasn't playing until about an hour before the game, and that obviously threw everything off uh, from what we were looking at. But Wichita State falls to Houston uh, in a game that, curiously, and we've had callers point this out, and, and we felt this way too, it's it's probably hard to imagine playing better in a 17-point loss than we saw last night. Not excusing a 17-point loss, that's never good. They were outscored by 15 in the second half. Houston's the number one team in the nation, Houston had too much, Wichita State ran out of gas, they turned the ball over too much, and they didn't hit enough free throws. But they played well, considering the circumstances. Without your top scorer, and for most of that game, it was tight until the very end. Uh, Houston ran away with it, and it has us back to this place of curiosity with Wichita State basketball right now. And we are trying to get a responsible and realistic evaluation of the future of this program. 869-1240. We've got a lot of great callers on this. We'd like to continue to hear from you because I do want to hear from the different portions of the fan base. We've heard from both in the first hour. There are a lot of people that are happy with the progress this team has made and wants to see this continue under Isaac Brown next year. There are a lot of people that never wanted Isaac Brown to get the job in the first place who I think are ready to move on. And then I think there are a lot of people like me who are still in wait-and-see mode. I want to see which of these players is willing to come back because I think if this group largely comes back, Jaquan Walton, Jerome Pierre, Kenny Poto, 
They get Rodgers back, who wasn't able to play this year because of transfer issues. If they do that, get another couple transfer players, they're going to be one of the favorites to win the league next year when Houston's gone, when Cincinnati's gone, when UCF is gone. So is that enough to stretch it out another year? There are financial implications. Wichita State is now paying a former basketball coach that's no longer there, a former baseball coach that's no longer there, and a former athletic director that's no longer there. Three buyouts they're currently dealing with. If they move on from Isaac Brown, it'll make it four. That's something to consider. We had a caller bring up butts in the seats is the number one reason you have to move on. And yes, I do think that that's critical. And revenue is critical and important. And that honestly, Tommy, is where this all comes from. Butts in seats to me comes with success, right? As much as anything else. Wichita State, I think, in the biggest games that it's played this year has had representative crowds to those games. Houston and Memphis at home, right? And K-State. And those, not that K-State was a home game, Oklahoma State. The biggest games they've played, they've seen big crowds, though. And and at home, you're talking at Charles Koch Arena in a traditional home environment, Memphis and Houston, those crowds have been fine. I think there's an attendance issue across college basketball, and that doesn't excuse anything. Wichita State should thrive even in an attendance-starved era that we're living in in college basketball. Wichita State needs to thrive in that. But we've got to get there, and I do think it can get worse. Let's jump right into the phone lines. This is what we want here. We want to we want to just you know become a a discussion board, a sounding board here. Let's start with David. Uh, David, what's on your mind? Welcome into Sports Daily. I called last David. Do week. we have you? Oh, I got you, yeah, David. Hello? Okay, go ahead. Start over. Okay, there. start over. We got you. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I called you last week, and I, I support Isaac Brown one hundred percent. I really think that 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 he he is the guy we need. I really do. But you know, you, you just get some bad breaks sometimes, and I know we're impatient around here. But but I, I really think he is the man for the job. And you're right. We we can't afford to pay anybody else right now. I mean, money's tight everywhere. I mean, we just can't keep paying other coaches. And uh, this guy's a gem, and, and, and if they let him go, he's going to be successful somewhere. But um, uh, um, do you think that if we could win this last game against South Florida and, and win a game maybe in the, in, in the tournament, do we have a shot at the NIT? Because I think it would be great morale for the players. And, and and it would probably keep a lot of the players here if we get to a taste of the tournament again. And I just think two more wins would probably do it. Hey, that's not what I mainly called about. Um, the Big 12, though, is what I wanted to talk about because you guys have been talking about that today. Um, you know, just a couple years ago when OU and Texas and out they're going to leave, you know, everybody's thinking the Big 12 is going to disband or something, you know. And now, I mean, now, we got we got twelve again next year, and we got well, we'll actually have fourteen for once next year. But we if we get USC and UCLA in, in the Big Twelve, maybe add an Arizona, Arizona State, and and maybe Colorado back. The Big Twelve is going to be thriving forever. And just one more thought, and I'll let you guys go. K State's the number two seed in, in, with Lenardi. If they could win at West Virginia, and and, and we, which would be a huge game. And win one game in the tough Big 12 tournament, you think they could get another, another number two seed? I'll let you go. Thanks, 
Jake and Tommy. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, guys. Thank you, David. We'll take that in reverse order to to bring it back to the Shockers here. Yes, I think K-State absolutely can get a two seed. I think it's very much within reach. That's that's the ceiling. I think a three is probably the floor. Um, the Big 12, it's been remarkable, and that's what we've talked about for a long time with Brett Yormark in charge. They went from when Texas and Oklahoma left, remember that panic, to where it is now where you feel like an aggressor, and that should always be the goal. That's why we've been so happy with the job he's done. There's no reason not to be aggressive with it. Um, and then back to Wichita State. David is an Isaac Brown supporter. Um, I, I, I think that we're starting – Tommy, I don't know about you, but I am starting to hear more support than I have in the last two years. And and here's why I think that's happening. And Jason, hang on the line. We'll get you in just a second. Because they're because they're playing better. And I think at the core, Shocker fans just want to see good basketball. I think it's a big check in the right column for people that Isaac Brown, as an individual and his character, everybody loves it, right? It's a big positive. Everybody, you know, is a fan of his personally. So as the team plays well, I think you're beginning to see people say, you know what, this this is this is better than it's you know we 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 went to a you know to a bottom place and we're coming out of it and and no I let's let's do another year I think that portion of the fan base is starting to come out and when we when push comes to shove this fan base is a supportive fan base because of winning games and if they can continue to win more games the fans are going to be there yeah I think that if you look at it from the perspective of like you're riding a roller coaster right and there are always the the peaks and the valleys. Uh, I, I would suggest that Wichita State, they were already with Isaac Brown at the bottom of one of those valleys and, and starting to ascend. We've seen that over the last couple of months. And so th- they're not all the way up, right? We know that. I'm, I'm realistic about that. They are not all the way up. Look at their record and, and look at the losses that they had. They lost by 17 less than 24 hours ago. They're not all the way up. I'm not suggesting that they are, but they are. I think climbing. And so at that point for me, I don't know why you would want to get off that roller coaster and go get on another one where you got to start over right now again. And I've said this on record. I'm not suggesting that Isaac Brown is the right long-term fit as the Wichita state head coach. I'm not advocating for him right now to be the, the, the leader of the program for the next decade. Like I'm not suggesting that I'm just saying right now, with all the circumstances surrounding the conference, surrounding the financial implications, the buyout, the fact that Wichita State is paying out three other people right now in buyout money, the fact that you've got you know some, some improvement that I think is tangible that they can build on and grow from over the last month and a half to two months. I am 100% an advocate for why make a change right now. I just don't see it. And that's just my, my position, my perspective, and I'm solid on that. Yeah, it's 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 probably where I'm at too. I do want to, you know, it, it, but it gets different if everybody leaves the program again. Let's go to Jason on the line. Jason wants to talk shockers. Welcome into Sports Daily, Jason. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, I've been a soccer shocker fan since the mid '70s and follow these guys. Went to Eddie Fogler's basketball camp, and you know, the list goes on and on. And to me, I just feel like that this whole program needs to be redeveloped. I mean, it's just, you just okay. can't keep losing games. You just can't. I mean, there's got to be a solution somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I think, and this is the other side of the fan base, and that's interesting, Jason, but what, 
is there any fear, Jason, that it can be worse than this? Like, if you're okay, so let's you you clearly want to move on from Isaac Brown. What are you targeting as the next coach? You know, a lot of people say, you know, let's get Greg Marshall back. Well, you know, that's all good. And so, but you can't have a coach out there abusing players either. I mean, that's just not good for the program. And you know, and I think it's put a lot of bad taste in all the fan base. But where do you find the next coach? To me, you know, I like to find a coach like Barry Henson. You know, when Barry Henson was in the Missouri Valley, he had nothing but absolutely good things to say about the Shocker basketball program. And, you know, I would like to see a high-caliber coach like that. I'm going to ask you this realistically as a Shocker fan your whole life. Um, Barry Henson was at Southern Illinois. I, I don't think that's a good enough hire for Wichita State. It's a guy who's 61. And you're asking a 61-year-old who coached against lesser competition to come to Wichita State in the modern basketball era and find success recruiting against Penny Hardaway. No, what I'm I, saying I is think find that, a caliber coach like Henson. You know, find but, the but next we don't caliber know, coach like Mark Turgeon. But Mark Turgeon just isn't at Maryland anymore. It took Mark Turgeon in the Valley six years to make the NCAA tournament. Is that going to be good enough this time around? Probably not. And, and that's, and I, that's I the, you know, that that's the problem I have. Barry Henson is not, he's with Oklahoma State right now, I think is some sort of assistant. Um, but he, he's not at Southern Illinois anymore. And I don't know why, I, I can't remember why he's at, I don't, I don't know why he's not at Southern Illinois, but his last season at Southern Illinois, he was 17 and 15, two years ago, three years ago. Year before that, they were 11 and seven in the Valley. They went, here, here's what Barry Henson did in his last four years in the Valley at Southern Illinois. 11 and 7, 9 and 9, 11 and 7 and 10 and 8. Is that going to be good enough for Wichita State and the American? Probably well, not. He, here's the problem that he, here's the problem that I have with where Wichita State is if they want to make a change, you know, this season and and Jason, I understand the the um vocal portion of the fan base that, that they're ready for a reset having the program be redeveloped. I think that the the program is kind of right now caught between a rock and a hard place a little bit because on the one hand, there's the thought of going and getting a, a big name coach, a big swing, you know, somebody that can get national attention back to the program, you know, because there was so much national attention for a long time under Greg Marshall and even Mark Turgeon to an extent before that. The problem then becomes, can that big name, and if they're more established, uh, and I've heard names like Chris Mack, who was at Xavier for a while and then was at Louisville for a couple of years, and he's on the sidelines not coaching right now. I've heard a couple of names like that. The issue is, are those big names going to be able to recruit in the new era of NIL? Are they going to be able to work the transfer portal in the new era of the transfer portal? Or are is it better for Wichita State if they make a change to go and find somebody who's younger, up and coming, somebody who knows how to navigate that world and is a little bit more savvy in that world in the new era of college basketball? Then that becomes the issue of if you go and do that, maybe they might be the best fit. But is that going to be a big enough name to satisfy Shocker fans? And I just don't know the answer to that. I, I don't either. Well, you know, I think you, you're right, Tommy. Go ahead, Jason. No, you guys go back to Greg Marshall. Technically, we were Greg Marshall spoiled us. I mean, you know, he took us to the next level. We went to the Final Four. I mean, he had a really good resume. And then, you know, we switched conferences. And that was, that was all about Marshall. But now this happens. And I don't know where you find the next coach at, you know? 
I, I just I just don't know. I mean, that's where I think a lot of fans stay. Where do we go from here? So in the American Athletic Conference under Greg Marshall, Wichita State finished fourteen and four with that great team, right? Then they finished ten right. and eight and eleven and seven in the American. Okay. Ten and eight and eleven and seven for most people was great. It was good enough. It was, you know, it was Greg Marshall's shockers. They're, the Shockers are probably going to finish nine and nine in the American this year, a game off of ten and eight, right? Two games off of eleven and seven, and Isaac Brown had to pick the pieces up out of absolute chaos within the program. I, I just don't. I, the, my biggest problem always with changing things up. I don't have a problem with changing things up. I'm not at all saying that. 500 this year is satisfactory, and certainly last year was not either. I'm not at all saying it's a problem that we've seen the players that transferred out of Wichita State go to these places, and a lot of them have found tremendous success. I'm not saying any of those things aren't true. They're all very true, which is why we're having this conversation. But I'm also going to look at the other side of the conversation, and I was very critical of the Shockers offseason, obviously. Didn't know anything about the players coming in. We, we we had no clue how good this team could be. We probably all thought seventh place might be as good as it could be. And, and ultimately, they're probably going to finish sixth. But the team is much better than I thought it would be. They're much better than they were at the beginning of the year. And I do think somebody with Isaac Brown's background in this transfer era, who is a just a coach to the core as much as a you know, a showman and and a, and, a, and a fundraiser and a recruiter and all these things, I think that there is room for guys like Isaac Brown, who have put in a lot of years as an assistant, who have really focused on the coaching portion of this to have success in that world. If you can go tell me that Wichita State will find Jerome Tang this offseason, obviously that makes it a no-brainer. But there's only one Jerome Tang, and he wasn't coming to Wichita State. Wichita State's going to play in a very mediocre, most likely one-bid league for a little while here. Maybe two years if we're lucky. Coaches aren't going to be lining up to take this job. And Wichita State's not in a financial situation, I don't think, and this is a big elephant in the room, to go pay a coach way over what other coaches in the American are currently getting paid because they're still paying three guys who aren't with the school anymore. So and we that's have why... to look at this realistically. That's why, you know, I want to jump in here. That's why I really feel like the totality of all of the circumstances tell me that Isaac Brown should get another year. And you know what? That doesn't mean that I, it's a ringing endorsement for me. It doesn't mean that I'm just like giddy and head over heels about that. Uh, I, I do think that there has been improvement. Yes. But look, it hasn't been incredible, right? I'm not, I'm not blind. I'm not blind to the, the the struggles and the growing pains and you know the the way that they've been frustrating this season to watch. I'm not blind to any of that. I do hope and I do have my fingers crossed that if Isaac Brown can get some of those key players like Jaquan Walton and others to return and then bringing in Colby Rogers and you know working the transfer portal in that way, I'm hopeful and optimistic that in a weaker conference that you could be looking at you know a 20 plus win team next season, 25 win team next season, maybe an NCAA tournament bid in a mediocre American conference with the removal of Houston and Cincinnati and UCS. Uh, you 
UCF. I'm hopeful about all of that. I'm cautiously optimistic about all of that, but it doesn't mean to me that I'm a, I'm giving him a ringing endorsement that, oh my, you know, he's the, the, the banner carrier forever for Wichita State Athletics. I'm just saying the totality of the situation right now tells me in my mind, I'm solid on it. Another year is probably the prudent and pragmatic way to go. Jason, are you still there? You know, if he can recruit, I think that's our biggest problem right now is recruiting. And, you know, maybe some of the coaching too. But, you know, I'd say, yeah, let's give him another year so what he can do, see if he can get it turned around. And I think that's what everybody wants. You know, like I said, again, we were very spoiled with Marshall because, you know, we were getting a national spotlight. Well, we're not getting that now. Right. Right. And, right. and, and, and Isaac Brown, Isaac Brown doesn't bring the national attention with his personality either. And, and that it, it is what it is, but it, you know, the things that, you know, Greg Marshall was a larger than life. And I say was, is a larger than life personality that brought a lot of that attention to Wichita state. Some of it good, some of it, obviously not good. And, Jerome Tang is bringing a lot of his personality out at K-State. That what we didn't really know was there before he got to K-State. We've talked to Tim Fitzgerald about that forever. So I don't know if, you know, Isaac Brown isn't going to do that, I don't think. But what we are seeing is a team that is playing better than it was at the beginning of the year. I'm seeing a coaching staff adjust within this season and change the style of this team, and it's made a huge difference. And I go back to the first year, right? The first year when they won the American, when they had the conference player of the year, when we didn't know what to expect. That team that year, I thought I thought Isaac Brown and crew did so many things. One of the reasons I really advocated for Isaac Brown to get that job at that time is because they were doing all sorts of things in game, in adjusting, in doing these things to win games where they probably shouldn't have been winning. And then last year was not good. And I think for a lot of people, they'll never be able to let go of last year because you had Tyson Etienne coming back as the conference player of the year. All the returners, all the experience, and man, they could just never get over the hump of Etienne not playing well. This year, expectations were super low. And I honestly, like if, if you're being honest with yourself as a Shocker fan, is this team better or worse than you thought it would be at the beginning of the year? Because I it's think it's better. It's clearly better. 95% of us will say better. So again, and let's, we'll continue this into the break and, and, and we'll look at this. And, and Tommy is more locked into rumors and things of guys that have been rumored. And if you have names that you, cause that's my question. If you want to change, who are you going to hire? Because this this just generic, oh, well, we'll go get somebody. That's not good enough to me because it's not bad enough to take that sort of risk right now. 869-1240, Shocker fans, keep them coming. We're trying to sort through this thing as we get ready to wrap up the regular season this weekend. Sports Daily, Jake Balbrock, Tommy Castor, coming back. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, and your calls, 869-1240. 
we're sort of pushing at a call heavy day today and that is very much on purpose uh, because I, I don't it is such a fascinating topic to me for Wichita State basketball and it's fascinating because more and more people every day Tommy want to talk about shocker basketball okay that hasn't been the case all year and and I think that that's a positive right I, I think that there is a large portion, if not the largest portion of the fan base, that has sort of been reintroduced to things and now is, you know, like, gosh, how good could this team be if if these guys come back next year? And, and that's where I am, right? That's where I am in this, you know, new, let's be honest, watered-down American Athletic Conference. I mean, if, if Wichita State gets guys to return, which is which is a tall ask— based on recent years, right? Then and what I don't know and maybe you know this, Tommy, in the new in the new rules of transfers where you kind of only get one for free, does that apply immediately into guys that are already there? I'm not sure on that. And if we have any listeners that have good insight on that, let us know. I haven't looked at that and, and we certainly will as we approach the off season. Um but it may get harder to transfer out too and and that's okay, right? It's because if Jaron Pierre and Jaquan Walton and Kenny Poto are all back next year, uh, and Xavier Bell probably as as a you know contributor, and 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 whomever whomever else, right? But you can add Colby Rogers, who was coming in with massive expectations this year to really try to solve the shooting issues of these teams, one of the hotter and better shooters across the country, and whatever else comes in in the portal. Is that enough to win what will be a watered-down American next year? I think it's a really interesting question and one worth considering, certainly based on the way we've seen the team play down the stretch. Now, we also have to keep in mind they're going to lose James Rojas and they're going to lose Craig Porter Jr. Can they get replacement level there? Because those have been, you know, two of, if not the two most consistent and good players down the stretch here. So that's important too. You know, they're going to lose some people no matter what happens. And will that team next year be good enough for Isaac Brown to compete for a league title? It's the it's the you know two three million dollar question because if you think that's the case, then it becomes a much easier answer to say yes. Let's see it one more year at least. But if you don't think that's the case, then it becomes a very complicated question again because if they're not going to compete next year, if you don't evaluate it that way, then yeah, why would you wait? But then there's the financial aspect of it. Like it is a really complicated question. I also don't know what the other teams in the revamped American, what they have coming in. Uh, and we won't know that, right? Uh, outside of what's already been announced as far as recruiting is concerned for these other teams. But as far as the transfer portal, they're all going to be working it, right? And it, I don't know how it's all going to line out when it's all said and done with teams like Memphis and Tulane and Temple and you know, other teams that are in the American that are remaining in the American for next season, what they have coming back, uh, what they have, what their their teams are going to be looking like. Uh, I would imagine that, you know, if I had to guess right now, of course, who knows? But if I had to guess right now, probably Memphis would be the consensus oh, pre, you know, preseason yeah. number one in the American. Then probably, I don't know, Temple. Um, you know, Tulane probably up there as well. I, I don't know uh, for sure, but you would think that with the returners that Wichita State should have, ca caveat there is should have returning next season, uh, you would 
probably guess that they would be in the top three, top four, I would think, in the preseason rankings uh, for next season in the in the new American. Yeah, for sure. And look, top four is not going to be good enough. Like, let's let's be brutally honest about this. In this new American, top two should be the floor. Yeah. There is no reason any team in this new American should be ahead of Wichita State ever besides Memphis. That's Now, that's the expectation, right? That's the realistic ex- – it's different when Houston and Cincinnati are also there. Then you're looking at Wichita State as a team that needs to be in that top four. Now it needs to be in that top two. That's an expectation that has to be met because that's how – you know, I think all of us see a ceiling of that, right? We see a ceiling of what was before the chaos ensued a few years ago. That's the ceiling. Now, what is the floor? I don't know, but I know the floor can be lower what it is right now. I do know that, and that's why I always ask. Again, if you're going to bring somebody else in, that's fine. Who's it going to be? Give me a name of somebody that is realistic that will actually come here, right? Not Chris Beard. Chris Beard isn't coming to Wichita State. He's going to go get a job in the SEC somewhere probably, right? Jerome Tang wasn't coming to Wichita State. He went to K-State. He went to the Big 12. He picked his spot for two decades. He's not coming to Wichita State playing in the American. I'm so, And that is not a knock to Shocker fans. It's reality. You're going to have to go get an unknown quantity. I don't think that going to get a known quantity and paying them a bunch of money is the smart thing to do either because known quantities are no longer quantities wherever they were because something didn't go well. And in a complete unknown And the landscape is different. The landscape is completely different in the world today. If you're getting a college basketball coach that had success 10, 15 years ago. Five years ago. Five years ago even. If they don't know, I mean, we, we've seen coaches. You want to tell me that, like, somebody, and I'm again, I'm not suggesting that this person is a Wichita State potential. I'm just bringing him up as an example. You want to tell me that Jay Wright at Villanova was comfortable with the way that college basketball was moving? No. That's probably That's the reason why he anymore. left Villanova. That's why he's not coaching. Yeah. So you want to tell me that an established coach that is on the sidelines right now is going to be comfortable with the transfer portal and NIL and all of these things that are playing into college basketball right now. And that's going to be the right move to pay that person a lot of money to come in and coach at Wichita State? Probably not. Well, it could be. But I also also don't think that going out and getting an uh, an unknown guy, an up-and-comer, I don't think that's going to settle the masses either because it's not a big name. Well, I... The masses, if you're Kevin Saul, it doesn't matter what the masses think, right? It, then those names don't matter. It's not Thad Mata. It's not, you know, everyone can scream and look and say, look at what they did at Kansas State. Look at what Jerome Tang did. Again, Jerome Tang's not coming to Wichita State, right? Those guys are, are waiting and picking their spots. Look at the, you know, what's uh, Gonzaga's assistant that's now at Arizona, whatever his name. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Like, those guys are waiting for those jobs. Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. Yeah, Tommy Lloyd, Arizona, Kansas State. Like, I, you can say what you want, and yeah, Wichita State in recent years has been better than Kansas State as a program, but they still play in the Big 12, right? And Jerome Tang wasn't coming in to inherit Wichita State's mess. It was never going to happen. So you just have to be like and, – and I'm not saying that there isn't a better coach out there. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying – 
if you want change, you have to have a realistic idea of what that change looks like. And I don't have that right now. I think it's a really uncertain time with conference realignment happening. I, I, I don't know these things. If there's a big name out there and Wichita State has the money to pay him, awesome. I don't know that that's true or if that's the case. And when people say, oh, well, Wichita State's got a lot of donors and a lot of money. Okay, you go ask them to write a $4 million check because that's not easy either. Yeah, and don't you think that a lot of this you can equate to maybe going uh, to a casino, you know, and you're you're maybe you're not riding a, a super hot hand right now, but maybe things are are starting to change. You feel like your luck is starting to change somewhat, and then all of a sudden you you take your money out and you go throw a bunch of money on you know somewhere else. And I I don't think that that's uh, the right move to make. And you know what? Also on top of it, I think you also have to take into consideration who Kevin Saul is. And I don't know him personally. All I know from Kevin Saul is the times that he's been on this show with us and gracious with his time and, and you know, the, the opportunity to talk shocker athletics with him. He seems to me, my indication of him from the times that we've had him on the show is that he is a very thoughtful and pragmatic and deliberative kind of person. It's not a knee-jerk kind of guy. Uh, I also don't see him as a flashy kind of guy as far as let's go throw as much money as we can at the flashiest name out there to come in and you know try to turn around the fortunes of Wichita State Athletics. Yeah, it's all he doesn't Kevin strike Saul. me as that of kind of guy, it's right? On Kevin Saul, right? He strikes me as the kind of guy and wanting to set a vision and a strategy long term for this program. Same way with all of the other athletic programs at Wichita State. That's kind of the way that I, I view him right now. And and I've known athletic directors in the past that they they want to they want to go throw a bunch of money somewhere. And, you know, th there's that old saying of, you know, it's, it, I don't even, I'm going to butcher it, but, you know, throwing bad money at more bad money, like that's not the, that, that's not going to lead to a lot of recipe of success. And you're paying out a lot of previous coaches right now. I don't think Kevin Saul wants to add another one to the list right this second. I, I don't know what Kevin Saul wants to do. And it's ultimately his call, but like Isaac Brown, a couple of years ago, he's inherited a mess, right? He inherited uh, payouts for you know for his predecessor and for Greg Marshall, and he inherited a situation he didn't uh, deem worth dealing with, um, and and now has a, a baseball coach to pay out, and he's gonna. Ha those are all factors, and and the the problem I've had with making definitive statements as far as the future of the Wichita State basketball program is I don't understand fully what the financial situation is, and I don't think anybody does except for Kevin Saul. And so that makes it hard to make definitive statements on my end of what I think they should do. If they had the money and free books to go after the mo aggressively the, co the coaches that they want to get, great. I don't know that that's the case. And if it's not the case, then I think we need to, to look at the other side of it. And are you satisfied with the way this team's playing right now? And yes, those things can exist at the same time. And no, it's not realistic to just say, oh, the money's there. They'll go get it. Is it? Because I don't know that it is. Like, what, what makes you say that? Because they were and able to pay Greg Marshall? They were able to pay Greg Marshall because they were winning a ton of games. That money's much easier to get than going to get money when things aren't going well. And can't, can't both things be true at the same time? Yes. Like, 
elaborating on your point, can't can't you sit there and say that you're not satisfied with the way that the Shocker program is right now, but also chasing money after money after money after money, chasing a coach and throwing a bunch of money at him is also not probably the right thing to do right now? Like, isn't it okay to say, like, yeah, but right you don't, now the way that the... If you're if you're a fan if you're you know if you're in support of Kevin Saul and his vision you don't think he's going to go make a bad hire right and and that's fine too you think he is going to go make a good decision and, and a good hire and that's great again I'm I'm not definitive on anything right now because I don't I just don't I don't think this year is the same as last year the you know last year was wildly disappointing I don't think this year has been disappointing I think it's either been what you expected or better than what you expected. I don't think it's been worse than what anybody expected. And again, I'm not saying that the benchmark needs to be that low either. I'm just saying we have to look at it realistically and what kinds of coaches you're going to be able to get because it can be worse for sure. And and some of the names that I hear that people are pining for that might be interested in this job or that writers are pushing for Mm, I I don't know, man. I I just don't know that that's you know going to get me very excited. Now, if if you can go get a top assistant somewhere that has a brilliant track record in the in the nil and and transfer world, awesome, great. But I don't know what it is. And you know what? If if Isaac Brown ends up getting another year, and there are a good amount of returners, and Colby Rogers comes in, and all of this, and they fall on their face. I will be the first one to say it is time to make a change. Well, right. But yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm again, I'm not suggesting that this is forever long term. Isaac Brown's going to be there. For, I'm just saying, get, try and give it another year. Right now, all the circumstances in totality, I think he deserves one more year. And, and in a new conference, in a new American conference, who knows what'll happen? Yeah, I just I'm hearing from more Shocker fans that I think are optimistic in the way the team's playing. That's all. That's the reason this has become such an interesting topic to me is because there's more interest right now in the Shocker basketball program than there has been in the last calendar year. I, I think that that matters. I do. Eight six nine twelve forty is the number to call. We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll give something away. And should DeAndre Hopkins be a Chief next year? We'll quickly hit that as we wrap up the week here on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back. 869-1240, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Our thanks to Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, for joining us. Our thanks to Shocker fans today trying to sort this out with us. Uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend and the postseason for Wichita State. Can't say that that was the feeling all season long. I just, I've enjoyed watching this team so much more the last month or so than, than earlier in the year, and I think that's a tip of the cap to them, that group of guys, because they've gotten better. All right, Tommy, let's switch gears a little bit. We have just a couple minutes to touch on this, but... DeAndre Hopkins, a long time ago, you'll remember, there were odds on where he might play next year if he was traded, and Kansas City was the odds-on favorite, and we all kind of looked at that and thought, huh, that's interesting, but when Vegas tells you something like that, you pay attention. Well, now there's another report that the Chiefs may be the front-runners, and while Arizona would like to get a first, that's not realistic, and they think they can get a second. So you're Brett Veach right now, Tommy Castor. You giving up a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. 
I'm okay with that. I'm all right with the second round pick. I'm not okay with the first round pick. Uh, and, and I know that the Cardinals would like to get a first rounder out of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and if, if that's the price tag, I'm walking away from that. I'm not giving up a first round pick, uh, but I'm okay with the second round pick. I feel like Hopkins is a dynamic enough wide receiver. He's, you know, what, probably a top five NFL wide receiver currently. I know was. he's I'm not li- sure if he was. still is. And, you know, he's getting up there in years a little bit, but I think he still has some value left in him. I would be okay with the second round pick and taking a look at his contract terms. That would be one of the things that I I think might be the most prohibitive, Uh, but it's really not that bad as far as the cap hit and all of that. Uh, It could be a lot worse. So I've seen people comparing, you know, why would Brett Beach trade away Tyree kill and then go trade for Deandre Hopkins the very next off season. Well, the contract situation is completely different between Hopkins and Tyree kill Tyreek wanted to be one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid NFL wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, that's really not the case with DeAndre Hopkins. So I still think you can get a good amount of value out of him, a good amount of production out of him. As long as you're not giving up a first round draft pick, I would be okay with a second. It's hard because, you know, three years ago, he was in the conversation for the best receiver in the league. The last two years have been injury filled. He's played about half the season each of those two years. Um, He's been effective still when he's out there. But you're talking about a guy at a position where players typically don't get good and get much worse after, I don't know, I think it's about their age 29 season. He's going into his age 31 season. So really, if you're the Chiefs, and I'm not totally opposed to a second-round pick either, but that's only because you can tip your cap to the draft they had last year and how much they got out of that draft. I think that they have a little more wiggle room to be riskier with a higher-end pick like a second this year, again, because last year went so well. Um, I absolutely think it's a position of need in the short term, and I think that he makes that room better for sure. I got to know his health. If you think he's going to give you, I don't know, 13, 14 games in the postseason, I'd say, yes, it's probably worth it. If the Chiefs make that move, Tommy, it's it's a it's a continue to win Super Bowls right now kind of move, obviously. And I think that it'll all come down to if they're comfortable with how they've been able to retool, right? And if they are, and I think they probably should be, then I think it's a move you could consider. Um you know, if, if you go get a younger receiver like that, they're eventually going to be expensive, which is never going to be a real good plan for this team. If you can fit it within the cap, and and then you're talking about... So I guess, let me rephrase that. If this doesn't, you know, prevent you from doing things financially that you feel like you need to do, and it's strictly the cost of a second-round pick then and not as much about the money, then yeah, I think that's probably a worthwhile roll of the dice to improve that room immediately and try to continue to win Super Bowls right now in this current, you know, portion of what I think is a much larger window. I think there are varying degrees of how open the window is. Right now, at this very moment, it's very open. But as some of the players get older, it'll sort of begin to close again and it may open. I think you can do it. Um, I'll be interested to see it. It feels like something the Chiefs would do. Um and I think if there is, if it's a second, they're probably comfortable enough with that. The elephant in the room will be that contract. Does this money prevent them from using money somewhere else that they need to? I think if that trade is made, you can probably wave goodbye to Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the roster. Um, maybe Juju, although it sounds like the Chiefs 
are interested in at least bringing Juju back for maybe another year. But could you imagine a wide receiver room that is DeAndre Hopkins, Kadarius Toney, maybe Juju, Sky Moore? That's a I fun wide can, receiver room. It is. I don't think you need Juju in that room, though. If you go DeAndre, I think you go DeAndre and the two young guys and Travis Kelsey, yeah. and you're and you're feeling, and then you can draft a guy later in the draft, and you feel pretty good about that. 869-1240. We'll come right back. We'll wrap it up. Tell you what's coming up this weekend on the networks.